Good morning, everybody. I just want to say again, happy Mother's Day to every, all the moms and to all the ladies. God bless you because we need you. Amen. I, I can't stand it. I got to show you what I got. When I got up here today, look at, look, man, I got me a nice little car from my sweetie back there. Huh? Thank you so much. That is beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. I'll tell you, Miss Olivia, looking out for Pastor Bud. Man, I'm just like this now. Can't wipe that smile off my face. And I pray that you feel the same way when you leave here today. If you came in uh, just feeling a little down and out, I, I believe that God's got a word for you today to encourage you right where you are. Amen? Amen. Right. And I tell you, today we're going to be talking about passion. If you look at our screen up here today, we're talking about passion with a purpose. And, uh, you know, you can have passion and never get off the couch, right? But you need that faith to go ahead and, and jump on out. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So I hope you guys are, are ready for a good word from the Lord. And, you know, I wanted to start out by saying that, you know, we're, we're created with passion in our souls, right? And, but sometimes we need to fan that flame to rekindle that fire, right? You ever get burnt out? Yeah. Hey, Amen. I thought everybody was going, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you can just get wore down to that frazzle. And then we don't respond like we really want to. And, you know, usually the ones we love, the, the ones that are closest to us, usually they get caught in the fallout, don't they? Amen. So go ahead and say, I'm going to talk about forgiveness today. Amen. Yeah, we're going to bring it, and we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to embrace it, and we're going to see what God's got for us. But sometimes it's so difficult with all the things going on in the world, we get distracted with all the obligations. We're going to talk a little bit about that. A lot of the obligations, and then a lot of the frustrations when things don't go just like we think they should. Amen? When you've just been pressing and pushing in, and it's like, man, what is going on here? And sometimes we have to recalibrate. But, you know, we can become overwhelmed. And what happens sometimes when we, when we don't have the proper attitude, we start getting the critical spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about that? You get around somebody that's really negative, right? They can't find one thing good. I know that's nobody here, right? Right, I know. But sometimes you've got to dig a little deeper. And, you know, you wonder, no, that's not me. And you wonder, why? how come nobody calls me no more? Man, I wonder how come I don't get the dinner dates no more, you know, or the lunch. lunch. Well, guess what? You start isolating yourself from people because we start getting so critical about stuff. And if we keep our eyes on the problem, that's what will happen. But if we keep our eyes on the problem solver, he'll fill you back up with that passion. Amen? All right. Well, what else we got here I wanted to talk about before we jump in? And one of the things I was looking at here, you know, I got a story. I got a story. And a lot of times I don't get the stories till like the night of. And I'm thinking, man, what's going on? I was thinking about when I was about eight years old. This came back to me last night when I was working on this. And I used to go spend some time with my grandma. And they lived in a place called Colonial Beach. Makes... Pocosin looked like a big city. Okay, so it's, it's pretty small. And uh, my, my great aunt lived around the corner. See, that was my getaway. See, grandma starts saying, well, you know, you know how about having moving with all these things? I'd be like, you know, I think Aunt Margaret needs some company. I get on that little bicycle, go around there. Love spending time with my Aunt Margaret, you know? And kids, you know, how many know kids hear stuff and they have no filter? Yeah, so I was sitting there thinking, you know, Man, Aunt Margaret's been living by herself for a long time. I wonder why she's not married or this and that and all that. And, you know, I didn't think much of it, but she was always so good to me. You know, come over there, she'd always ask me what's going on in my life. And, man, she was, she was man, Billy Graham pumping on the TV. She had it, like, on 27. And she's knitting and doing all this. And I come up with this deal. I just thought she was amazing. I have never seen anybody to this day that could keep an ash on a cigarette that long. I mean, she could sport that bad boy like two inches. I mean, one cigarette, one trail duster, man, she just cook it once. And back ready to go again, you know? So I'm sitting there thinking, I said, man, she's just so nice and everything. And I said, uh, I had heard this story when I was growing up. And I said, Aunt Margaret, is it true that you 
your husband in the head with a frying pan? <laughs> she put that thing down. She said, you see that second step right there? She said, I dropped him like a bad habit. I said, what? I thought, what's going on? She said, he, he liked to drink a little bit. And he got mouthy one night, and I told him, you need to go to sleep. And he didn't do it, so I helped him. I said, what? Now, she was a nurse. And she, he said, she got, he, said, he was heading in the right direction, and then he turned around and got smart. I'm thinking this. And you know, when, when you're like eight, you're thinking 40 years old is old. She won't 40. I don't know how old she was, but I'll tell you what, man. She was a, she was a skillet-toting Aunt Margaret. And, uh, and I thought, my goodness. She said, I sold him back up, honey. And I said, I told you to go to sleep. So she just stepped over him and went on about her business. You say, where does that tie into the message? All right? Passion. Amen? Not necessarily there. But passion, because you know what? I really love spending time with her. And I listened very good after that story, too. I was I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And... Uh, because she would always talk about, she would always ask me about things going on in my life. And I thought, well, why does she do that? You know, and again, no filter. I just one day asked her, she said, honey, how, how, you been riding your motorcycle? I love riding motorcycles, even back then. And she'd ask me stuff. I'm thinking, this woman don't care about no motorcycle. But she would always ask, how's the baseball going? How's the baseball going? How about school? Well, then we'd go and change the subject real fast. Let's talk about motorcycles and go back to that. And I asked her one day, I said, hey, Margaret, how come you always ask me about stuff I like? She said this. She says, I love talking to people about what they're passionate about. She said, because when I ask you that, honey, you come alive. What is the passion that God's put in your heart that makes you come alive? Amen. And that's something she was teaching me stuff back then. I didn't even realize it. Man, and, and I, I miss her so much. And, and, and I just think about the times that, you know, I'd go over there and spend time with her and different things. And it wasn't that she was throwing a football with me. It wasn't that we were doing all this you know, over and above stuff, she was taking time with me. And man, she was, she was really speaking into my life. And I guess, you know, maybe that's one time, I, one reason I gravitate to a lot of seniors. Because I was telling one of my friends the other day, I said, they got a lot to teach us. They got a lot to teach us. So I'm listening when I'm hanging out. I said, hey, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Because you know what? I love talking to them and seeing what they're passionate about. It don't take much. It doesn't take much to just love on somebody. But to me, uh, having those opportunities to take time with people and encourage folks makes all the difference in the world. Amen. So I just appreciate you guys being here today. So we're going to jump in. I'm going to read this verse for you. And um, for folks online, they can check it out. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now, that's a, that's a short verse with a big impact. Because we use it from time to time, and God just keeps unpacking. How many know God gets some serious gas mileage on his word? Amen? I'm telling you, it, it just never comes back void. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about this today. And I talked about, we got on our sheet, what we usually do, everybody learns a little different. So what we do is, um, you know, we, we have a little sheet when you come in, and we got some of the points. And if God's speaking to you about anything, you kind of write them down and check back on them a little later and see what's going on to encourage you throughout the week. But obligation. And I want to first talk about that just a little bit because many serve and participate out of obligation. Amen. You ever notice that? I got to. Okay, I'll do it. Now, obligation is not a bad thing. Let's take a look at this. Look at the definition. It says obligation is something by which a person is bound or obliged to do. Okay. Also, certain things that may arise out of a sense of duty or result from customs. See, a lot of times you ask people and they say, well, why are you doing that? You go, well, we always did it. 
You know what I mean? They got, if something got lost in the shuffle, well, why do you do that? It's not because I love to do that. I really desire to do that. You know, and I pray as we serve the Lord, it's not so much an obligation, but it's out of passion for what God's put in our heart. Amen. Now, obligation is fine, but it's very different than passion. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. So a lot of times if we're just doing stuff as, as it's my duty, we can harden that heart and miss a lot of things that God has for us. Amen. So let's take a look here. Living on the fumes of passion and desire alone will breed misery, bitter, bitterness, and exhaustion. Now, if you're just doing it because you've got to go through the motions, guess what? You're going to wear out. And guess what? As I say, sometimes you'll get this effect. When you're messing with somebody. Hey, what do you think about that? Uh-oh. You know, because we get a little irritated, right? We get a little wore down. But you know what? I, I pray that as we keep going that we fan the fumes of faith, right? Now, this is what I was looking at uh, earlier. When we're just going through the motions, I'll put it in Buddy Chapman terms. It's almost like this. We're, build, we're taking small little bricks and building a wall up a piece at a time. Think about your job. You come in. Y'all are working on a project. And old Joe, he, he's just kind of slacking, right? And here you are. Well, by well, the time you get there, you've already figured out, well, if Joe does this, I'm going to do this. And if he says this, I'm going to say that. You've got all this energy wrapped up in this whole deal. And what I see is a lot of times we're just bringing those bricks and we're just putting them up here a little bit higher, a little bit higher, communications going down. And guess what? Joe's bringing the mortar, right? He's just putting it in there. And next thing you know, you just build this big wall between you and whoever you're working with. Maybe it's in our, in our families, in our relationships. Maybe, I, I don't know, but I, I really believe that's a word for us right there. But so many times we just continue to, to serve with the obligation and not off of the passion. That's what I want you to take away from that. Well, what's the difference between obligation and passion? The best way I could break it down is this. Obligation is a have to, passion is a get to. See, that's the difference. When I come up here to do what we do, it's I get to. Now, there's probably been a sometimes it's I have to. But when I get in here, I got the Lord says, hey, 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 wait a minute. You get to. Think about it. You came here today. You get to sit in a nice place, hear some good music, right? Have a lot of family and friends. And everybody in there probably halfway uh, related. If you got family in here, raise your hand. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you know what? We're all one family in God's, God's house. Amen. So everybody can raise their hand. Oh my goodness, I didn't even have that in the notes. I'm telling you, it is. You guys got me on that one. But you know, so many times it's the difference between have to and got to. You know, I was thinking about this. Sometimes cutting grass might be a, I have to. Where's my boys at? There you go. <laughs> but you know what? I got to ride lawnmower and everybody loves dad now. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Man. Yeah. I got to make sure it's safe, son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, I wanted to use that for just a little object lesson, you know, because I was thinking about that last night. You know, grass, sometimes I'm cutting the grass. That's not my favorite thing to do. And as you know, weeding is definitely not my favorite thing to do. But anyway, but grass, sometimes when we start looking at stuff, I remember before going, man, I got to cut this grass. I got to cut this grass. And the Lord spoke to my heart one time when I was pushing the lawnmower many moons ago. He said, well, you got a nice place, don't you? Got a nice place, don't you? Yes, Lord. Bless you with a house, isn't it? Yeah. See, God's got a way of just putting things back in your heart in a way to make you count them blessings. You're able to push that lawnmower, aren't you? Yes, Lord. 
So sometimes when it's right off the cuff about all this, if you take a little minute and run it through your filter of your heart, what God's been doing, he's got a way of purifying that, doesn't he? Amen on that. Well, you know what? Passion grows from our heart. And God fills us with that when we have open hearts. Uh, God's willing to, to fill us with that to keep us rolling, you know? And so my question is this. What has God placed in your heart with passion? Maybe it's serving in a, in a, a certain capacity. Maybe it's, you know, in your job where you're at. Maybe it's to just be the best mom you can. Maybe it's the best dad you can. I don't know what it is, but whatever that thing is that God's put in your heart, man, fan those flames with faith and let God work in your life because the passion is placed in us from the Lord. God gives us those dreams, doesn't he? He gives us that passion. And I was thinking one other thing, and I'll get off the grass cutting thing after this. You know, I, I was really, last night I went back and revisited that. And I said, man, you know, somebody's going to laugh because they've heard some of my weed eater stories. And the Lord worked on me on that last night. I said, man, the weed eaters, man, I don't even want to talk about it. I get nervous, man. Hair on the back of my legs start tingling. That, that, that's a death trap, them things, for me. You know? But then I start thinking back when I used to cut grass. Y'all remember the snippers? I was like, sorry, Lord, I don't want the snippers. You know? And then you get out there, and, and then, then your dad would have to sharpen them. But he would always forget to sharpen them. And he'd be at work. And you're still cutting, and the, and the grass goes. <laughs> it's still going, and pulling the stuff up, man. It's like, oh, my goodness. And then I thought, the Lord really, really helped me with this. You remember the edger? Looked like you got the Chinese throwing star on it? Yeah. yeah. You get out there, and about halfway in the heat, you think about Kung Fu Theater, aren't you? Whoa! You're taking that thing like that, man. My mom's going, what are you doing? I'm doing the yard, Mama. I'm doing the yard. You know? She's like, the sun has got to that boy out there. But what I'm saying is we get all wrapped up in things and, 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 and we don't see the blessing in them. Now, those are some little silly things. And yeah, I did them. And uh, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. But you know what? A lot of times when we look at those things, it just takes a minute to think, man, I really am blessed. I'm really blessed to have a place. I'm really blessed to, to be able to do these things. And so with that, I think, you know, that's what kind of ignites what God has for us. So I want to talk about the next thing, about the ignition to get them Dreams and juices flowing. Amen. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. So I want to put this in there. I wrote this down. Passion is a powerful, compelling emotion. A strong desire. I want you to be thinking about what is it that God placed in your heart. And God wants us to have the fire of passion in our lives. <coughs> See, there was too much of a price being paid. It was a healthy price being paid for us, our freedom, right? For us to just sit on those sidelines, to just live a real complacent life. You ever see that? Can you imagine, let's bring it down in real, real terms. Say you work extra, you do something for your child, and you're able to bless them in something, and they go, oh, yeah, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom. Wow. God gave his only begotten son so you, you and I could be set free from the penalty of sin. That's why I get excited, because I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of sins to be forgiven of, Amen. And God's still working that. And I want to say for folks here today, just because you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't mean you never mess up again. Amen? But what it does mean is God says, I've paid the price in full. He said, it is finished. Amen? That's what I want you to hear today. God's grace is amazing. So he wants us to live with, with passion. Now, I, want to, I also wanted to make sure that we know this. That doesn't mean with arrogance. That doesn't mean, well, I know Jesus and, you know, whatever. You know, you get all religious. We're talking about the relationship. Out of that love for Christ. And I tell you, as we spend time in God's word and God starts to ignite all the things that he saved us from, we start listening and say, well, Lord, what did you call me to? 
He's called us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, even the angels in heaven don't get that privilege, but you and I do as children of God. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? You say, man, that's just overwhelming. Guess what? He says, you're not in it alone because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell in you to lead God and direct you. Man, sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Well, you know what? I pray that we walk in that today. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 11, he says, he has, God, put eternity in their hearts. You know, God has put eternity in our heart. That's the power of God within us. I just talked about the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and nurturing us because he cares for us. You know? I've never read in the Bible where he says, hey, you give your life to Christ and sit on the sidelines and be quiet. Amen? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you, brother, you don't do that. You know, he's, he wants us to share the good word, right? He wants us to be about the business of God. And I don't mean you've got to go down and put somebody in the headlock and tell them about Jesus, but if you've got an opportunity, go ahead and tell them what you believe, you know, especially if they're asking. Or if you're in an elevator going to the second floor and there's only two floors and they happen to say, hey, you say, do you know Jesus? No matter, you know, I don't, I, mean, I try to make the most of any opportunity. You can see him go like this with a button. It's okay. I was just asking, you know, whatever. Because I believe, you know what, the time's running out. Now, that doesn't have to be like we're scared and panicked. That just means we're just a little closer to graduation, amen? Got anybody graduating? I know one right here, right? Graduating in the school. But, you know, sometimes when, when we lose a loved one, you know what? When they know Jesus Christ, we miss them here, but we know that they've graduated. They've stepped into the fullness of what God has. No more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. And we yearn for that day that we get to see them again, but also get to see them in the presence of Almighty God. Wow. And that's powerful, isn't it? When we start thinking about that, so we got to take our eyes and lift up a little bit higher, a little bit higher, and think about what God has done for us. And I want to encourage you with that today. Amen? Well, there's something inside us desires to live for something greater than ourselves. You ever thought about that? Like making a difference in the world, even the small stuff. I bet you my Aunt Margaret didn't think she was really going to be preaching on about 40 years later because she was telling me about a few things about the Lord and all that. She, she, would, she would be going, right? And she'd have that, that moat control, man. It was like big as a brick back then. You know? And right when they did the, when they did the altar call for Billy Graham, she'd be like, hold on a second, honey. This is my favorite part. Whew. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, today's the day. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Sounds like something we hear all the time, right? But never get, never get callous to it. Embrace it and pass it on. I had no idea that she was putting those seeds in my life at that time. And I doubt maybe she did. But she was doing what she could as she could, when she could, where she could. And let me tell you, I appreciate that. Grandparents, great-grandparents, love on them babies. Speak the word into them, right? I know my mother-in-law has said ever since I can remember, she said, I'm praying for my babies. I pray for my family every day, but I always pray for their spouse, you know? So when they, have, when, when they find the one, they'll know. Isn't that good? Guess what? You got stuck with me, baby. <laughs> She's been praying. She's been praying. So I know that she was praying. And I, I tell you what, I appreciate a praying family, Amen. There's a lot, lot of blessing in that. You might be sitting here and say, I don't have a praying family. Well, you can start one. You could be the one to start it. How about that? Because God will use you right where you are. Amen? Because there's something greater in us than ourselves. You ever notice that when things change happens, it's usually from a passionate person. Whether it's good or bad, but we're going to focus on the positive. You can have somebody that's real smart. Somebody with a lot of money. Or whatever the case is. Think, Man, we can get these things done. But when you really see something getting done... It's somebody that has a passion in their heart, a desire in their heart, because they're not going to get to, the, to right here and stop. 
they're going to go the extra mile. They're going to give it all they have. They're going to take everything that God poured in them and pour it out. And I pray when I take my last breath, whenever that may be, that I can say, Lord, I gave it all. And there's some days I need to really adjust that. But thank God that God allows course corrections. So you know what? If we need to make a course correction, Lord, help me get back in the groove and, and serve you. But I want to be passionate about serving Christ. I don't care if it's taking equipment in, taking equipment out. I don't care if it's passing out a Bible track or whatever. Because what God has placed in my heart is, you know what? If somebody didn't do that for you, you wouldn't know me. Many of y'all know the story. In 1995, somebody came outside of a church in Fox Hill and gave me a Bible track, which with the Bible track is nothing. But, well, you see them when we have them every week. And it says, you know, if you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Well, I didn't know that. And when I read that, I didn't know for sure. I would not be going to heaven because I thought it was a performance-based contract. You know, I thought, well, I'm a pretty nice guy. Well, there's a lot of nice guys not going to go to heaven because it's all about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's about what he did, not what we did. But you know what? We have the opportunity to receive that gift. And I pray if you're here today and you never have, you take hold to the promise of God and ask the Lord to come into your life. Amen. Well, let's keep on rolling here. Man, passion is what fuels the dream. I want to talk about that a little bit. Passion is what holds us on course to the dreams, even when it looks like nothing else is happening. You ever notice that? How many times have you seen people get almost right to the end of the race and they go, I'm done. And they find out, man, if you just took one more step. Just one more step. I had read a thing years ago. I always think about this. There was somebody, I don't know um, where they were swimming to. They were going to do this amazing long swim. And man, they, they fought the battle, everything else. And finally they said, I'm done. And it, it really equated to this. And then they stood up and walked out on land. I mean, that close. So close of finishing to their destination, finishing big. I pray that each of us finish big with whatever God has put in our heart, man. And just let God continue to fuel that. Amen? But faith is the ignition source for passion. You ever see those little triangles? People work in different places. They say you got to have oxygen. you got to have this to make a fire. Well, you know what? I believe we got to have faith, right? And that helps ignite the source of passion. Faith in who? Not so much faith in you. Faith in what God's put in you. The Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Faith in him. You know, and that's the thing. Why, why do you spend so much time in the word, buddy? Well, I need to spend even more. Because God's word continues to transform my life. Life's not perfect. But in Christ, it is. And so when God looks at us and we're in Christ, he says, that's my son. That's my daughter. Without stain, without blemish. Yeah, but what about... He didn't say that. He said it's finished. Amen. And it was his desire to see us come to the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody doing good? Well, I got a couple little things I wanted to share on here. I wrote this. I said, fan the flames of faith so that the passion of the Lord burns conviction in your daily walk. See, if, you're not, if you don't have a conviction, and I might be getting ahead of myself, you'll just go, well, I'll go for a while. I'll check it out. You'll kick the tires. Yeah. And then when it gets a little tough... Man, you buckle like a wet floor tile. I don't want to play no more. What is it? I'll take my ball and go home. Anybody work with folks like that? Right? I would say anybody live with folks like that? Well, guess what? We probably do if we look in the mirror. Right? So today I pray that God enlightens whatever that conviction is in your life to serve the Lord well. Amen? Well, let's keep on rolling. Everybody's looking good out there. Well, what happens sometimes is we get distracted, don't we? We ever get distracted with a few things? Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, look at this. 
Passion that is misguided and without proper direction can cause great difficulty and distraction. I'm going to give you something for your notes right there. If you look in the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, and I'll just give you a clip of that. Saul, right? He was the, the guy that everybody picked for the king. He was the pretty boy. He looked like a king, right? So hey, we want him, yeah. That's a great way to do it, isn't it? Nope. Well, you know what? Here he is, and his army's getting ready to go into this big fight. And the Lord had spoke to them very clearly about who would do the sacrifices, right? And, and Samuel was the one that would be doing the sacrifice. He was the priest. So he waited seven days, and Samuel still didn't show up. And guess what? He got a little peer pressure. Come on, man. We need to do the sacrifice so we can go in here. I'm going home. And so what does he do? He allows others to manipulate him, rob his passion, and he steps out. And guess what? He blows it. Blows it to the point that it costs his kingdom. Because when Samuel shows up, he goes, what did you do, man? He goes, well, you weren't here, so I just kind of jumped in. You can't do that. Aren't you glad we're living under grace nowadays, amen? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And, and he turned around and he says, what are you doing? See, a lot of times what I want you to catch out of that slide right there is that we allow to get so misguided in our, our, our passion for things because maybe somebody is, is responding a different way or maybe things didn't turn out the way we did. We'll just settle and we'll just go with it. Man, keep pressing in to what God has for you. Amen? All right. Selfishness and pride are major distractions in pursuing your purpose with passion. Man, these are just a few passion robbers, all right? You can write these down. Fear, worry, doubt, and again, lack of commitment. Man, let me tell you, if you want to see things come, come to the fullness of what God has, there's going to be some commitment, amen? What did we say about dreams the other week? I love this, this, this thing that uh, we had studied in our Tuesday night group. It said dreams still have what? Bumps, bruises, and setbacks. If you're following your dream, that doesn't mean you don't have those. It means you will have those. But you know what? We keep trusting God and keep pressing in. But don't let fear and worry and doubt rob you of God's best. Amen? Here's something that I think we often can take home with us. Don't let the others, don't, don't look to others to fuel your passion. It's great to have somebody to encourage you. Amen? I say this all the time. Everybody needs a cheerleader. Everybody, it's great to have a cheerleader. But yes, we can encourage people, but you can't run their race, and they're not going to run your race. We can help them along the side. We can encourage them. But ultimately, keep looking to the Lord, amen, and the finish line. Don't let others rob your passion. We kind of touched on that. But you know, when we let others affect us in, another, uh, in, a, in a negative way, it really becomes difficult to finish strong. I know that that's a tough one, but I know that with the strength of the Lord and looking at others with the, the eyes of the Lord and asking the Lord to reveal things in our life that we can adjust so that we can keep on moving on is the way to go because it gets very difficult at times, very difficult at times. So we must seek the Lord for wisdom and strength because it can be very, very difficult. Well, let's take a look at this. We'll give us a mission for today, but we can carry it on for the rest of our life, right? Can we start it right now? And I was looking at this, glorify God in all we do and live with eternity in mind. Let us seek the Lord to rekindle our great, greatest passion. I was reading something the other day, and, and, and that was the gist of it right there. And I said, you know, Lord, if I, if I kept my eye on you, and I live today with every step I take, with every breath I take, that I want to glorify you, how would that make a difference in my life? That was probably one of the best days that I had. 
And then the next day, I allowed other things to slip in. And I kept trying to get back to this. Man, glorify God in all we do and live with eternity in mind. Now, when you say living with eternity in mind, what do you mean, buddy? Well, one, guess what? We're just passing through here. Two, let's make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with everybody around us. Amen. And then three, that you know what? Other people's eternity are at stake. Other people. Now, as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we know that there's one way to heaven. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. All right? But what else does that mean? That means without Christ, there's hell. See, a lot of people don't want to say that. But you know what? They think, oh, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good if you know Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything's good if you know, know Jesus Christ. Even if it's bad, it's still good. Amen? And I don't say that lightly because I know many of us go through some tough times. But I'm telling you, on the other side, on the other side, it's going to be okay. No eyes seen, no ears heard, no mind can imagine things. God has prepared for those who love him. I hold on to that. I hold on to that. But I also believe that God wants to make a difference in our life right here for some amazing things. Amen? All right. Well, let's keep on rolling. How do we react to these things? I'm going to talk about reaction a little bit. You know, let the Lord renew your passion. Come to him with a surrendered heart. If our hearts are open, God will fill them. Now, let me ask you a question. When you came in here today, you don't have to raise your hand, jump out or anything. What were you expecting? Were you expecting, you know what? God's going to speak to us today through his word. We're just delivering his word. You know what? I believe God's got something for me here today. God's going to show me something here today or to go, okay, obligation. You know how long the line's going to be at Cracker Barrel if Buddy keeps talking? Right? <laughs> Don't look at your watch. You just gave yourself away. No. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So are we coming along or we say, you know, what, what's going on? What, what, is, what are we doing? We're, I pray that we're bringing open hearts to hear the word of God. Amen? Well, let's keep on rolling. Well, how do we do that? We spend time alone with God. That's very important that we spend time alone with God because so many times it's great that we spend time together and the Bible wants us to spend time together. Don't forsake the assembly of God. But we still need to spend time alone in the word of God for ourselves. Amen. Absolutely. And decide not to ride the fence. What do you mean? Well, sometimes we just got to make that commitment. We're going to go with what God says. We're going to stick with what God says. Man, you know what? We need to commit or we soon will quit. Just like we were talking about so many times. If we're not committed to something and the tide starts getting like this, I'm tapping out. I don't want to play no more, right? But you know what? We hold the course through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to remember this here. Remember that repentance always brings freshness and passion back into your life. You say, what do you mean? We're talking about repentance, turning from what is not of God and turning back to what is of God. Asking forgiveness and say, Lord, help, help me in this situation. Right? And you say, yeah, but I do that all the time and I go back to the same old stuff. Well, you're probably just about like anybody else in this room. But God says, you know what? My grace is sufficient. My mercy is new every day. Keep going, keep trusting God and take another little step, another little step and let him refresh you with that. Because if we keep thinking about, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. You're absolutely right. You can't, I can't, but God can. Are you going to let him work in your life? I pray that we do, amen? Well, let's keep on rolling. Passion for life is best when placed in the hands of God with his purpose. Sometimes, you ever got to that point and go, Lord, I just don't know. Here, I've done that in my life. And let me tell you, when I finally do that, 
That's usually the best place for me to be. When I stop trying to drive. Amen. Well, I'm going to give you a little story about that. All right. God's always teaching me something. Had a few things going the other day and, and got home. And I said, I'm just going to go for a little motorcycle ride. I don't want to think about nothing. I'm just going to take a little cruise and just kind of just do my thing. So I get on my bike and I'm riding. And I'm going down the main drag. And I go past the, uh, what is the senior home out there? Y'all know what I'm talking about on the main drag. What is it? Dominion. And as I'm riding by, I see an elderly lady out there in a wheelchair and two other ladies with her. And I rode by and I thought, I need to pray for her. Now, where do you think that came from? God, right? And so what I do, I said, well, if she's there when I get gas, I'll pray for her. Instead of stopping and going right then. So I go get gas. Wanted to go the other way, but I said, no, I'll go back the same way. And then when I'm riding back, something else happens. My wife and my baby boy ride by in the car. Beep, beep. Hey, Dad. I'm riding. Hey. And it's right there when I look over at Dominion Village. Is that right? And she's still sitting there. And I'm going, riding just like this, right? How many know that God's way is the best way? I know that. But I was still cruising, right? So I get up there, and I get this little tug of my heart. You said you said you would stop by if she was still out there. Into the parking lot. I turn around, wait for the cars, come back. And I'm thinking, and the devil don't want you to go. He's like, that bike's going to be loud. It's going to scare the woman. You'll give her a heart attack and everything else. You know, I'm thinking, I'll just turn the bike off. So I turn the bike off. I just roll up there. And they go, yes. <laughs> All right. And I take my helmet off and I go, man, how you doing? She says, I'm cold. I said, okay. I said, it looks like a nice day out here, but you know what? I was riding by and I think the Lord wants me to just stop by and pray for you. She said, well, that'd be just fine. Right? Now, the two other ladies, I didn't, I didn't go because I knew the people. I just went because I saw a lady that I felt like the Lord said pray for. Right? And the lady said, I go, boy, you look familiar. She says, yeah, uh, we rent the building to you for your church. I go, hi. <laughs> How you doing? I knew I saw you somewhere before. And the other lady goes, hi, I know your wife. I go, cool. All right. You know, it's Pagosa. They know some of my family. And, and I just, so, so what I'm saying, I didn't come back for any other reason. I just want to be obedient to God. So I kneeled down and I talked to that lady. I grabbed her hand. I said, ma'am, I just want to pray for you today. And I began praying for her, for health, happiness and everything. And she was so excited. I, I, I had to stop her. She goes, oh, that's just so nice. And I was praying, and she goes, oh, that's just so nice. And she was so excited about it, I forgot what I was praying. I was just like, and Lord, that's just so nice. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and I'm serious. You know, I was just, I was like, <clears throat> so why did I tell you all this? Oh, but Mr. Buddy, he's out praying for people. No. When I was obedient to God, God blessed me in a, in a way that I would have just went and missed him and passed on by. I did that to be a blessing, and I pray that I was. But every time, we talk about this so many times, every time that you respond to what God's given you for the right motive, he ends up blessing you. And I got back on that bike and I thought, man, I'd like to go see her again. You know? She was just so excited that somebody said, I mean, God says, you know what? I'm going to take this long-haired preacher boy on this loud motorcycle and send him your way to tell you I love you. Wow. Man. So many times, I could have kept on riding. I've just got the gas tank full. I had about 102 miles to go. But you know what God says? But you said, 
You go. He didn't beat me down. He just reminded me. See, that's when I know it's a, the, the, the Lord working in my heart. You know, sometimes my children say, well, Dad, what does he sound like? Well, for me, it might be that thought. And it just raises up and raises up and raises up. And I go, wow, I need to do something about that. So what is it that God's raising up in your heart today? What is that passion that's bubbling up, you know, in your heart today? I pray that maybe it's maybe making a phone call, right? I don't know. Everybody's family, you know, has got a lot of different things going on. But you know what? God can heal it. God's still in the, in the restoration business, ain't that? God's still in the loving business. You say, well, I, I didn't grow up like you. That's okay. We got an amazing heavenly father that says, you know what? I can heal everyone that you have. I can forgive every sin you have. And I can hold your salvation secure, amen? See, that's the guy we serve. That's why I get excited. Because you know what? If it was based on me, man, I'm done before I started. But it's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ, amen? What he's doing. So you know what? My reaction to that is praise God. My reaction to that is, Lord, I need you. My reaction is today, you know what, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to share your good news. Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing because God's just that good. And you know what? Sometimes I don't do a real good job with it. And I go, oh, man, that was not good. And God said, my grace is sufficient. Keep on rolling. God said, try it again. I'll be with you. You ever, you ever had that? You know, you, you try something. You say, well, Lord, I'm just going to step out a little bit. You know? I got to tell you something. The other day, uh, I was with one of my preaching buddies and we were walking out to, to do a service and he asked me this. He said, do, do you ever get nervous? I said, I don't know anymore. He said, what do you mean? I said, I get so excited, I forget I'm nervous. He said, what? I said, because what I have to say is more important than how I feel. Not that what I have to say personally, Buddy Chapman, but what the Lord has to say through a willing body. And I said, Lord, you know what? When I look out there and I said, man, I wouldn't pick me. I sure wouldn't pick me. And God said, well, I did. When nobody else did, I did. I said, that's good enough for me. See, if you got Jesus in your corner, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to, get, it's going to make it to the other side. So I want you guys to remember that as we go through today's message. You know, I want to go back to where we started. Passion with a purpose. What is the purpose that God put in your life? What is that passion? I want you to keep the main focus, the main thing. We say this a lot. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Amen. What's the main thing? Point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Right? Let's read this again. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord. Not for human masters. Hey, we know we got to make a living. We know we got to work. We know we got to do these things. But I'm going to tell you what. If you do your job like you're working for the Lord, all that other stuff will peel off. It'll just peel off. And we won't have to worry about all that stuff. Because people will start noticing, man, why does that guy, what happened to that person? Who? Who is that person? What's going on? I've asked you guys this before. If somebody went into your neighborhood on your street and they said, I need a Christian. I need a Christian. Could somebody tell me where a Christian lives? Well, they said, they live right there. Or they say, I don't really know. I don't know. I pray that they say, yeah, right there with the grass growing up. There's one right there. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But you know what? I couldn't resist that, you know. So many times we think that we can't have company because of this. Or we can't go here because our hair's not right. Or we can't say this because we didn't go to seminary or whatever the case, you know, whatever. You know? I say God's more than enough, amen? amen. Any more than enough? 
He is more than enough. He's more than enough in my life. He's more than enough in your life. And he's more than enough in any life that will receive him. So I pray today that you grab hold of that passion. Amen. Give me one pure and holy passion. Just listen to the words of this. Give me one magnificent obsession. Give us a victory. Give me one glorious ambition for my life. To know and follow hard after you. Mm, give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Absolutely. Why? Because you're a preacher? Nope. Because you're a good guy? Nope. Because of what Jesus Christ has done in the finished work of Jesus. Amen. And I've received that and I'm taking God at his word. And God is not a promise breaker. He is a promise keeper. God is a life saver. Amen. God is a forgiving God. God is a loving God. And God is holy. Amen. But you know what? How we become holy is through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what I'm talking about today. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord, you say, what do you mean? You've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of sin and come into your life. I pray that today, right here, right now, that you do that. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, the Bible's real clear on that. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to tell you that God says, you know what, you're not here by mistake. You know? It's great. You know, most of the time we see some new faces here and there. Uh, and, and, and we take any time you come. But I'm going to tell you, today's your day. Today's your day. So don't leave here without letting the Lord fill you with that passion. Don't leave here today without knowing, you know what? I can sleep tonight. Because you know what? Jesus is holding my salvation. Right? And if he's God enough to hold your salvation for all eternity, isn't he God enough? you through today? Isn't he good enough to get you through tomorrow? Isn't he good enough to, to walk you through that problem? Whatever it is. Because there's no obstacles bigger than your God. Amen. Even in the painful time, God opens a window of hope in your heart if you'll let him. And I know all of us have been through some tough times and I want you to hear that. If a door closes, God will open a window to bless you. Amen. He will open a window to bless you. In a way, it might just be a word in due season. It might be somebody stopping by and say, I just feel like I need to pray for you. It may be somebody say, you know what? I just appreciate you. But ultimately, I want you to hear this. It's God saying, I love you right where you are. Right here, right now. So today, with your eyes closed and your heart open, I want to just pray for you. 
Father, we thank you for today, and I thank you for the passion that you give us to live for you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray today, Lord, if there's one here that's never called upon your name, that today is the day, right here, right now, make that commitment. So if that's you today, I just ask you to look up here. Nobody's going to come where you're at. If you say, you know what? But it doesn't make sense. I need to make that commitment to Christ. It's by faith, right? The Bible says, it's by grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. I pray today that you unwrap that amazing gift of life in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Woo!